don't aim to solve all the world's problems, but we do offer you peace of mind, hope, laughter, and ideas on how you can help improve circumstances and communities. Good change is for you. For us, we take to heart your concerns about anger, injustice, and helplessness, the pain that we each feel, and give you something better to witness, something better to believe in. In many ways, this podcast is the opposite of self-help. It's us help. We draw attention to kindness, to the better angels of our nature. We swap stories that bring smiles, deep breaths, inspiration, and ideas to help us evolve. We introduce you to people who are positively transforming lives, leaders of movements, or everyday heroes who are making change. Good change. Good change highlights the common ground we share, the unlimited positive impact of a single person, and the greater good. Welcome to Good Change, a podcast about making a world of difference. Please welcome your host and good change maker, Ken Streeter. Hi, listeners and uh, viewers. This is Ken Streeter. Uh, we're coming to you from uh, Oregon and Colorado today with our special guest, Rebecca Silence. Uh, Rebecca is an international speaker and coach and media personality who has impacted thousands of lives uh, in person and through telecommunication. Uh, she's a cancer survivor who's committed to helping others heal from trauma that includes sexual, emotional, physical trauma. Uh, and most importantly, the thing that stuck with me uh, with my interactions with Rebecca and from hearing what others have said is that she has this ability to help people feel like they've been brought back to life, uh, which is pretty cool to have uh, that kind of relationship and that kind of capacity. So Rebecca, I'm stoked to have you here. Ken, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. And Rebecca and I actually go back many, many years. Uh, we've been in different personal development retreats together. Uh, we've laughed a lot together. We've sang together. We've uh, cried our guts out together. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've just been every step of the way infinitely impressed with Rebecca and her ability to get to the core of issues, whether they're hers or mine uh, <laughs> or other people's, and to allow them to feel the capacity, help them feel the capacity to elevate their life to a, a position where they're more satisfied, more rewarded, more happy, and uh, all of those super important characteristics that we strive for. So what are you up to these days, Rebecca? Well, Ken, what I'm up to these days is a healing is possible movement. I have created a free community and courses really supporting and encouraging people to take their emotional healing into their own hands. Because in my experience of healing through my own childhood abuse and as an adult experience with cancer, what we always have control over is our emotional heart work. Mm in the midst of the chaos that we have no control over. Yeah. So um, that's well put. There's a, there, we're in a sea, so to speak, of chaos. Uh, sometimes we're in a port or a harbor and it's not so chaotic, but everybody's life at different points is chaotic. And what you're, if I'm metaphorically saying this correctly, what you're saying is um, you provide the tools, the guidance, uh, the, the relationship to help people captain their own boat in that chaotic sea. Yeah, I've really created a roadmap that works. It's five simple, simple steps 
to emotional healing, to get to the place where we don't need our life to be different than it was, or it is, or it might be. To me, the definition of healing is it doesn't hurt anymore. Hmm. Wow. That's a fascinating comment. This, this show really is about helping people find peace of mind and hope and something that they can sink their teeth into, something that um, allows them to, to feel anchored uh, using that sea and ship metaphor. And it sounds to me like you have uh, an approach to help with that. And so yeah. I want to dive into that today. I want to hear more about what you can do, what you can do to help people and what people can do to help themselves to realize some peace of mind, some hope, uh, something they can sink their teeth into. And part of that for me, part of that journey and part of that hope for others is that in, in discovering what makes them tick more smoothly, holistically, uh, compassionately, what they can bring to the world uh, in order to help manifest change uh, outside of them. So tell me about the five principles of the five steps. Absolutely. So I'll give you the Reader's Digest version today. And what I start with is courage. So again, the goal is to get back into the possibility that healing is possible. I'm not suggesting that we can cure symptoms or real pain that's happening. But what I am suggesting is that we can remember that healing is possible and stay committed to healing as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. And I suggest a basically live like you're going to live approach versus walking around with this possibility that it might not work out. What about committing to you are going to live through this? It doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it's any fun, but what if the emotional pain or physical pain or spiritual pain that people are experiencing has the possibility of you coming out the other side of it? And what if you lived that way? So my first step is courage. And when I'm talking about courage, I'm talking about having the courage to get willing to face your fears mm. so that you can move through them and conquer them. Mm. You're stronger than anything outside of you. It's just, in my experience, we forget that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So step one is courage. So interestingly, the, a book I wrote a few years back is called The Gift of Courage. I remember. And, yeah. And uh, I, I ascribe three different types of courage. One is assumed courage, and that's what firefighters or elite athletes uh, or uh, uh, soldiers have, which is assumed courage. They need to embody courage and they and they choose to do so another is instant courage and instant courage is when uh, a car is careening at your family and without any thought whatsoever you push everybody out of the way to safety and then the third form of courage is deep courage and i think it's exactly what you just described which is going inside going deep yeah. inside to to see how you can change things yeah and to be willing to be in leadership of the fear, because the pain is real, but I think it's the fear that can really take us out of living while we're still here. So for me, step one is courage. And I love your book, oh, of Courage. I remember being there when it was first coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, my second step when it comes to healing is wellness. And again, in my experience with my own personal healing journey and in my work now with thousands and thousands of clients, when our environment is not set up to support our wellness, 
we don't have a foundation to leap into our next level of growth and life and possibility. So wellness is about creating an environment that is well for you and your spirit and your life purpose work to manifest in the world. And it's a step that's often, I believe, overlooked to take (laughs) on what is well about my environment and what isn't. Because again, what I'm always looking for is what you do have control over. It's so easy to focus on these outliers that we really can't manipulate or control or change, but we can always look at, is the way I'm choosing to live well for me, well for my soul, well for my spirit. And then the second part of wellness is again, getting to that place where nothing needs to be different than it is. How is the moment you're in promoting an opportunity for you to live into more wellness? Wow. So, so there's the external wellness drivers that we often fall prey to people, places and things. But you're saying is, if, if, if you look internally, and recognize what what it takes moment to moment for you to be well, or even to say to yourself, in this moment, I am well, am I am I interpreting it correctly? Again, I'm suggesting this live like you're going to live approach Mm. to life. And then what I'm saying, yes, is that we're in charge of the relationships, the way we spend our time, the way that we live, whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. we control that. Right. And so when there's something not going our way and in a dissonance internally, how is there an opportunity for you to become more well while you take responsibility for the way you're living? Mm-hmm. And then courage has to be first because without courage, it makes it really difficult to get responsible for the way you're living. Right, right. And that that's what uh, people from Amelia Earhart to uh, Oprah Winfrey say is also super critical is having the courage to face your fears. And I love what you just said about having leadership of our fears. I mean, that is a critical part of courage. It is. And what if we all had a bring it approach? Bring it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, did it take you going through this personally to get to that point, the bring it approach? Yes, Ken, and great coaches and coaching and and mentors and people like you in my inner circle, seeing the greatness in me and the capacity in me. I mean, I think we don't recognize that we have the capacity and the capability to heal, but we do. And so for me, you know about some of my childhood trauma. I had had childhood trauma. Then I, in my first marriage, got out of a domestic violence marriage, Mm -hmm. became a coach, and really devoted my life to helping couples and families and individuals heal. I had thought that I was over the hump, so to speak. I had thought I had gotten through the worst of it and then got married again, had a thriving business, got pregnant for a second time. And I got diagnosed with cancer when I was pregnant. Mm. And so for me, this whole healing is possible movement and curriculum. I don't even think it's mine. I just think I'm a a vehicle to get the message out there. It it came to me while I was sick in bed for nine months and surgery after surgery, Mm. chemotherapy, not even being able to hold my new baby and feeling like this was a cruel joke. I was 34. I Mm. had everything I had ever dreamed of. And it just felt like my whole life literally and metaphorically was being taken from me. Hmm. And so what, what magically happened 
for me was the miracle of getting to question everything. I didn't know what I believed anymore. I didn't know if anything I'd been saying and teaching, I was speaking to hundreds of thousands of people every single week on the radio. Did I even believe what I was saying? Where was it coming from? You know, so my whole identity got shattered and my ego got shattered and I was forced to start to choose you know, who, who do I want to be? What do I want to believe? Who am I beyond being a business owner and a wife and a mother? And, you know, this leader in the community, this stand for women and people, every way I had identified myself was gone. Wow. So where all this came from. So, I mean, that's a hugely traumatic place to end up where you're, you're basically scraped down to nothing. And, uh, is it, is it part of your hope that people, and are you working towards this? I know the answer to this. Are you working towards people being able to, to find what matters, find who they are, be healthy, be well, be courageous without yeah. having to hit that where everything has been scraped from your soul? Well, I don't know if we get to skip that part hmm. of our healing journey. So I'm not saying let's try to prevent it for you. But what I am saying is it can, it can go a lot smoother than it went for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So my yeah. third step to healing is inspiration. Uh-huh. And this is not about positivity. It's about having your spirit nurtured while you go through the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows of life. And you know, the way I think about it, our life is where it is. The results we have are here. And then when we want the next level, the bottom literally has to fall out of the world we're living in. And we literally are forced to free fall into the next level if we're going to grow. So how do you stay inspired, connected to your spirit, your highest self, choosing who you're going to be now? I don't think we find ourselves, Ken. Mm. I think at a certain point, we just have to choose. Who am I going to be now? Mm. And to me, that's what inspiration is. So, so um, explain the difference there between finding yourself and choosing to be something or somebody or yourself. Yeah. So in our childhoods, we survive. We mm-hmm. learn to survive. We learn to adapt. We learn how to be good, how to get it right, how to avoid heartbreak and getting in trouble. We play the game, basically. Mm. And then most adults that I see in my practice that I know personally in some way, shape or form are still dealing with the demons and the patterns that they were dealing with as kids, just in different costumes. Hmm. Right. So for me, my last name is silence. What's so ironic about that is as a kid, I was so committed to silence to survive. If I was quiet, I thought things would and faster and go better. Wow. wow! And so the joke between my coach and I for many years was I was so committed to silence. I married a guy with the last name of silence. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, what mm. I'm saying about choosing yourself now, I like to say, and I do not have any proof to back this up, but I like to say it's only about a 5% tweak that we're working on around the way you're thinking and the way you're behaving and really identifying where you're out of alignment with your spirit and what inspires you that creates suffering. So I'm suggesting that as adults, we get to look back and go, okay, how have I been living? Wellness, 
what's well for me, what's no longer serving the life I want now. And it's about really just choosing whether you have evidence or not, because most likely you won't. Who's the me I want to be now? And to me, that starts with knowing where you want your life to go, recognizing the bottom will fall out. You will want to quit. You likely will feel like you're dying, but you're not. It's just your ego. It's just the fear trying to keep you safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then the glorious miracle I think about life is that adults get to reinvent themselves over and over and over again. Yeah. And then many, many adults don't take that opportunity because they're not supported or they don't have the awareness. And what if we all in this time of pandemic and everyone's life getting shaken up at the same time got to collectively choose who do we want to be now for the greater good for everyone else, right? That That's your book, right? Yeah. Like being the good, like yeah. how, how do we choose who we're going to be today, regardless of what we've seen, regardless of what we've done, regardless of the mistakes we've made or shame we carry to be greater good for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So those are three big, but achievable characteristics, courage, wellness, inspiration. Yeah. What's the fourth one? The fourth one is faith. And this is interesting because I I have a little bit of a different spin on it. I'm not talking religion and I'm not talking idealism. When I'm talking about faith, I'm saying, what if you just commit to having faith that as long as you're living with courage in wellness and inspired, you can create a life that's better than anything that's already happened that you're missing or that you're afraid is going to happen. You can use now and make your life better than you can even comprehend with the faith that life can only get better because you're the one leading it. Well, so I just got goosebumps when you said that, that the the first three things you're, you're helping manifest. And then faith is simply in a way letting go after you've created those things. Yeah. It's the free fall. It's allowing that bottom to fall out and you have no idea where you're going and life will kick our asses. And it does. I had doctors telling me, you guys better plan her will. This doesn't look good when I was sick with cancer. My odds were not high that I'd come out the other side. And then I quit chemo. I'm not recommending that anybody else quit chemo, but I, I knew that for me, it, was killing my body. And I had already had enough surgeries to where they couldn't find any further cancer. At the point that I was doing chemo, it was preventative Mm -hmm. to try to kill off any microscopic chemo. And I just, I just knew I I have to stop this. And the doctors weren't happy about that either. Mm -hmm. And I I could go on and on with examples of, of life telling you, you should do this, but it doesn't align with your inspired self, your highest self, your spirit. And this is what you have to listen to. So all of my steps are about going in, connecting to your spirit and the possibility that exists for you while you have zero evidence to back it up. Yeah. Wow. So I've listened to you and watched you off and on for many years. And the thing that I love about how you present this stuff is that it, it, it doesn't embrace uh, a philosophy, a self-help approach, a, a kind of a, a, a personal development industry template. 
you're just basically saying, here's five key things. These are things you can work on every single day or, you know, the things you can work on, obviously. Well, you know what? You can work on having more faith. Clearly, you can work on having more faith. And that's the, that's the part that just gets me in my gut, positively gets me in my gut about you is that the, the, this, isn't, this isn't a... a this is only a self template. It's not something that has been created in an industry that you're promoting. This is what you've learned, what's worked for you and what you know has worked for thousands of people. And it's work, you know, I'll, let's go on to number five, then I'll tell a story about you and me. Okay. Awesome. So my fifth step is power Mm -hmm. and it's also unique the way I'm presenting power because all of these steps, but especially the fifth one to your point, they're not cookie cutter. This isn't a, you know, roadmap that is the same for everyone. The first thing I do when I'm working with people is help them identify what each of these words means to them. And then once Mm. they have my five steps to get them going, they can create their own roadmap to their personal healing. And that's power to me that you're the expert on you. And when I was sick and had days where I wasn't sure if I would live or die. The fear was the loudest. The physical pain was the loudest. What I would do is I would just go back to my breath. And it sounds so cliche, but as long as I still had breath, I knew I was still alive. And there's power in that breath. And there's power in allowing yourself to basically be leveled on an ego level and not fight it and not resist it so that you can connect to what does have you feeling the most powerful. And again, for me, it's not about my life. It's about service to humanity. So the more powerful I can be in a moment, it's not about force. It's, it's really a, a gentle experience of power that I'm promoting. Just that knowing that confidence that I'm still here. So I still have an impact. And it's really about getting responsible for that ripple that we all have, that I don't believe any of us will ever really be able to comprehend the ripple, the impact that we have, but we do. And and at least just being aware of our power and being committed to living like we're going to live gives us the reins, so to speak, so that we're in the driver's seat as much as possible around how we're living. Do we know who we are in this moment, who we're choosing to be? Do we know where we're going? Do we know why we're making those choices? When you can answer those three questions, I believe you're free. And and this isn't, you know, the expression, fake it till you make it. This this is not fake it till you make it. This is like no. the opposite of that. It is. And it, it is about commitment. It is about commitment to your life and you taking command of the parts of your life that you have control over, which is always your spirit and We did a lot of work learning about intentions and actions together, Ken. Mm -hmm. We always have control over that. But now I'm taking it to a whole new level because it also, like I alluded to a moment ago, isn't about avoiding the breakdowns. The work with me, again, bring it. Why? Because those breakdowns, those triggers, those fears, those are what will level you and have you miss your life if you don't use those experiences as an opportunity to live more because of them. Yeah, right. So uh, this was, I'm going to guess, 
seven years ago, maybe, I don't know, five, seven, maybe 10 years ago, I can't remember, that you and I uh, were in communication more frequently than we are now, which is something that I miss in my life because every time I communicate with you or watch you, uh, I just get lifted up and I get lifted up in a very tangible, real sense, not in this esoteric kind of ultra spiritual way. It's like, this is what she's talking about. This is what I can do to make myself better and my goal is to make myself better in order to help make the world better. But several years ago, we were talking on the phone and, and uh, uh, your, your job at that point, based on the framework of this conversation, was to suggest to me something that I was not um, um, focused on, doing as well as I could have. And I don't remember the exact words, but it was essentially uh, lead a larger life, play on a bigger playground, uh, step up. Oh, and, uh, I remember this. <laughs> yes. And and it was, you know, the sunrise, the alarm clock, the wake up call. It was all of those things put into one. And I, I, those words have stayed with me and I've, you know, I paraphrased them, but those words have stayed with me since that day. They've stayed with me since that day. I'm eternally grateful to you for that mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't at that point exhibiting the courage that I needed to do. I didn't have the courage. I, I wasn't in a wellness state. Uh, I, I was trying to find inspiration. Uh, and, and from all of that, ultimately, uh, it, it led to feeling more powerful. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm astounded that you remember that given the thousands of people that you talked to. I do. I remember it well. And I remember being concerned <laughs> you were gonna take it i i, I took it i, I took it um yeah. and, I, and because of because it's you coming from you i took it well and uh and it's been a it's been a mantra or a guidepost for me ever since and so uh, i i can speak to it firsthand but tell me what other people are are achieving or realizing or um uh, aspiring to if they're not there right now through your work oh my goodness i mean people come to me wanting a new business and anything from that real type of tangible result. They know they have a skill. They know they have a talent. They know they have a business they want to launch. We do that. I'm taking on a lot of couples, especially through COVID that don't know whether or not their relationship has a shot. And we do a two day couples intensive to find out some of them stay together. Some of them don't, but basically when people come to me feeling like I'm a Hail Mary pass and what they want to heal is impossible, I prove to them it isn't. Wow. And, and remind us again about the five principles, yeah. the five steps that are required to, to illustrate or prove to people that it's, it's not impossible. So when all else fails and hope feels like it's gone, what you can remember is that the darkness is real but so is the light. Mm. And then from there, start with courage. Step one is just about connecting to the fear and getting willing to face, move through and conquer it, bring knowing it. there's something on the other side. Right. Then bring it. Bring it. Every yeah. one of my steps is about bring it, yeah. you know, bring it, bring it, bring it. And if you've got any type of suffering that you don't want to just manage or mitigate, that's the type of client I want. You want to get through suffering. You know you have a difference to make and you just don't know how to get there. 
That, that's all you need to get going. Once you've stepped into courage, you can take on your wellness mm -hmm. because the way you're living is either feeding your spirit or draining it. Mm -hmm. And you have control over all of this. And then every moment you're in offers an opportunity for you to be more well, meaning more aligned with your spirit, living the way you want to live to make your big difference in this lifetime in the world. And then three is inspiration, which may be the most important because courage and wellness is great, especially when everything's going your way. And a lot of times people went from hopeless to having courage and wellness, and now they feel great, but life's about to throw them another curveball. We, we don't get to, like I had idealistically hoped, get through our darkest times so we think, and then we're through it all the way because we're still alive. So there's still more opportunities to become more alive. So inspiration is about connecting to what feeds your spirit in especially those most difficult and dark moments so that you can keep going on your way to power. And the, the fourth step is faith, realizing, okay, it feels like my whole life is falling apart, but I've gotten this far. I know who I want to be. I know where I'm going. I know why I want to go there. Now I have to have faith that I have it in me to create an experience of life that's better than anything I've had yet. Hmm. Nothing's getting worse ever. <laughs> yeah. even when it feels like it you're still here yeah. and then that's power right and, and really what we're doing is we're taking command over and power over the experience we're having that makes the sense moments that we're in yeah so all of that coalesces beautifully to this new high uh, if i'm thinking of it as a pyramid or a triangle you just are getting closer and closer to the apex and then, and then once your clients, uh, anybody has become actualized for lack of a better term, but has reached that highest level of the pyramid, what are people doing with that? You've talked about how you're helping people heal through trauma, how yeah. you're helping couples decide whether or not they should stay together. But once you get to that highest level, what, what are some of your clients doing with that? So with me, they always have to be leading me. They're the one in control. They're the one with the power in the session. I'm not a coach that A wants dependency on me mm -hmm. or people with me forever, unless they're continuing to get new results. Right. So, so I follow the client and it always starts with a, a big game, which is what I had talked to you about all those yeah. years ago, right? Like what's your big game? So whether it's a health goal um, and you're wanting to physically transform your body or you're experiencing a cancer diagnosis and not sure how to feel empowered connected to your personal power while you're going through that, or you know, a financial goal or a goal with your family, whatever it is. Once they get one, we have to pick the next one. Mm -hmm. That's, and it's, it's rinse, wash, repeat. So wow. when I'm working with people, I don't believe that getting across that finish line, getting the result has you feel any differently about your life. I'm a little bit controversial in that way. I'm not going to say, Ken, your dream is to have five New York time bestseller books, you know, by, 2025. Okay, cool. Your whole life's going to be perfect once you get there. No, it's just once you have a finish line that you're striving towards every day, you have the ability to do a temp check within yourself. How aligned or out of alignment are you with being the person it takes to get where you want to go? So with me, clients get one big dream, 
then they have to pick another one, whether they keep working with me or not, if this is going to work. And then we just take it deeper and deeper and deeper. And another big part about what I'm doing is we're going into where did the pattern start? You weren't born with this pain and suffering. You learned it, you inherited it, and now you've just decided you have to keep living with it. But it's like the walls are closing in around you and you don't want to anymore. So don't. If you don't want to live the way you've been living, don't. And I think one of the things that's most challenging, a lot of my clients, they're successful, they're doing great in life, and then they don't understand why am I not happier? Why do I have this anxiety? My life is great. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, because you're not powerfully choosing how you want to live. And, and what's an example of, of a day-to-day behavior that somebody can change uh, in order to, you know, you talked about living the life that you want to live, living the life that you see yourself creating. So yeah. what are a couple of examples of, of the way that people are manifesting that where they're, they're taking your advice and, you know, they're not immediately going from whatever, 300 pounds to 175, or they're not immediately going from uh, an unfulfilling job to being completely fulfilled with different work. What are, what are some of the littler steps people take? Oh my gosh. I, I can't even count how many blended families I have supported in creating their version of the family of their dreams. Mm-hmm. So there's a pattern of people thinking family dynamics are family dynamics. The way it was when I was a kid is going to be the way it is in my marriage mm-hmm. now. And so often people are reliving their parents' marriage and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And they could be designing a blissful experience with their partner that has nothing to do with what either one of them saw versus just recreating the same dramas that never got dealt with or healed when they were growing up. That's one example. Another example is similar between parents and children. Often we're parenting our kids the way we were parented or think we should have been parented, which doesn't leave room to connect to our child as the soul that they are because we're projecting so much all the time without even realizing it. Who are they? What do they want for their lives versus what do we think is best or what we're trying to prevent for them? Um, I've seen people transform their money. I've seen people start charities and make big differences. Um, But I think really what I'd like for us all to consider in terms of patterns we have control over is choosing how we identify with ourselves and as ourselves. Explain that. Identify, okay, so one of the things that I really do believe saved my life was I never identified as sick. I never identified as I was gonna die. I had to actually tell family members, please, if you're gonna look at me and treat me like I'm dying, I can't talk to you or see you right now. Mm. I own, this was wellness. I only can be around people right now that are gonna see me as healed and well and getting through this. So if I had identified as sick, wow. dying, that would have changed my experience dramatically. So let's think about it. You know, I had written a version of a book I told you about a couple of years ago and called it, I'm not too fat. Because for so many years I identified as fat and blamed all of my problems on, if I wasn't so fat, then this wouldn't have happened or this would have happened. And, you know, it, it's, um a way of identifying that we prove right. However you identify, you prove it right every second of your life. 
So that's a pattern that we can all change and start to just look at, and it's a great journal assignment. How am I identifying now? What is my identity now? And it doesn't have to take a life crisis for you to shake that up. You know, and if, if a circumstance like COVID, a pandemic, a divorce, financial devastation would mess with your identity, I would invite you to dig deeper you know, join me in the healing as possible courses or one-on-one or work with people like Ken to say, wait a minute, you know, is the way I'm living aligned with my dream of what life could be? And my big thing is let's not stop dreaming. And just because we've been heartbroken or something didn't work out before, go for it again. You're a great example of that, of somebody that decided, wait a minute, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go for the next level of living yeah and we can all do that yeah so so um one of the terms that i've most recently become familiar with is unconditional positive regard and i think what what you're describing is if you can if you can get rid of the voice in your head that tells you you're too fat or you're too lazy or you're always broke and and come to a different self-identity in that process, if you can also apply the ideas of unconditional positive regard for yourself, it doesn't mean you're writing off mistakes that you made. It doesn't mean you're making excuses for not doing things the way that you feel like you should. But if there's a foundation of unconditional positive regard, do you think that that is a, a key to maybe after the courage step to to taking on these next levels? I think it is the courage step set a different way. The way I would say it is become the source of your own encouragement because what we don't want is that fake it till we make it. We don't want to be BSing ourselves, right? Because we we know when we are. And we also don't want to be letting ourselves off the hook, but I can catch the moment I'm in like a fly ball, look at it. And how do I become the source of my own encouragement, meaning the source of my commitment to life, who I'm going to be, regardless of the moment I'm in. And I really do think, Ken, the only problem people have is they're not the source of their own encouragement. And that is, I mean, I've got goosebumps from when you just said that, that that is mind blowing. And what gets in the way of that? The old stories? The old stories, the old evidence that we decide is gospel and all there is. And I think also the heartbreaks that we're trying to avoid. I think so many of us are trying to avoid the breakdown, avoid the heartbreak. The clients I have are amazing because they're brave and risking taking on the unimaginable, what they believe to be impossible or unimaginable, knowing there has to be something for them on the other side than what they're living now. Yeah. And there is. So so tell us a little bit about uh, the healing as possible course or practicums or whatever. We'd love to know more. Oh, I would be honored to share. So I've got a mini course that's only 27 bucks and it's five days and it'll blow your mind. It's just five 30 minute trainings, one step per day with a worksheet for integration. The work I do, I'm trained as an integrative holistic coach and facilitator through Legacy Training International. And the work I'm doing is constantly serving whatever your learning style is, and then helping you take the information beyond an intellectual understanding into your beingness, into the way you're living. So the five-day course is a great kickoff. Then it moves into a five-week course, which isn't easy. 
Yeah. But it is profound. It is profound. The, the trainings are 90 minutes. And then the workbook is very in-depth and the homework is highly experiential. So again, you're not just understanding it. You're taking it into your life. And my job is to make people uncomfortable living with the pain and suffering that they're living with that's gotten so comfortable. Yeah. So the wow. five-week course, again, profound. And you can do it you know, with your loved ones at home in your house right now in the middle of, of this pandemic. And then there's also a free Healing is Possible Facebook community that you're welcome to join as well. And every week I take one volunteer for 30 minutes, a brave volunteer, and we coach breakthrough coaching. The in hot, the hot seat. seat. The hot yeah. seat. Yeah, I've the seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It gets hot. We got to yeah. get yeah. sticky, you know, but Bring every it. week there's an opportunity. Yeah. For people to volunteer, join me in the hot seat and do their work out loud, creating movement through stuck in a way that benefits everybody watching. And I don't believe that people are as separate as we think we are. When I do women's retreats with 30 plus women living with me for three days, they're always amazed. I'll work with one woman in front of everyone and the whole group heals because yeah. we're not that far away from each other's suffering and pain. It's just disguised a little bit differently. Or we're afraid to talk about it. And that brings up another point, which is, if you say things to yourself like, I, I can't afford that course, I don't yeah. have the time for it, I don't have the energy for it, what, what are you really saying? That you're not committed to the healing, hmm. period. I mean, I was trying to choose between feeding myself and putting gas in the car and working three jobs when I first hired my first coach. I, I couldn't afford it. Wow. And then I just made a decision that I couldn't afford not to find a way to afford it. And then please don't take offense when I say you're not committed. That's okay. Just find what you are committed to. Mm. I mean, that's the magic, right? Like we, we don't have to do anything. So whatever the next right commitment for you is, you'll find a way to create it. Mm. And then it's okay when you recognize that one possibility just isn't a possibility that you're committed to yet. Yeah. So plain language, that's what I love about you, Rebecca. It's plain language. And basically what you're saying is uh, if, if you want to change, uh, and then you have to become committed. And it reminds me of one of your favorite songs uh, by Colin Hay, yeah. waiting, waiting for my real life to begin. Yes. And, and people I feel, and I, I was there for a long time. I'm still not on the other end of this spectrum, but... Uh, so many people are waiting for their real life to begin. Yep. And it's happening right now. And then go to bed tonight knowing that your best is enough. Hmm. We just need one dream at a time. Hmm. And that's, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. Say that again and, and elaborate just, on that. We just need one dream at a time that we're committed to, to carry us through the season of our lives that we're in right now. I've always got a big dream. And I've always got what I call an inspired intention going. And I am statement of what I am growing into. And for many, many years for me, it was I am healed. Mm. And but, so if you have this one dream, yeah, then behave accordingly. Getting back to your five steps in, in terms of walking the walk, behave each day. I've heard you say this, interact each day, come to each episode in your day with at least a portion of that dream is part of your DNA. Well, and it, again, it's like a carrot that carries us through. And 
I want you to pick a dream that you're unwilling not to create. If it's not the level of commitment where you're going to live like you're going to live or die trying, you're going to go for it like you're going to get to it or die trying. If you're not imagining, wait a minute, there's no other option, but I'm going to create this dream. It's the wrong dream. Hmm. Hmm. And the good news is you can find another one. If it's not that, don't force it. Hmm. And so in your, in your work, you're helping people uh, uncover their dream and, yeah. and helping them ascertain whether or not that uncovering of that dream yeah. is actually the right thing. And then we get to, we don't stop until we get to the one you're going to create and create it. Mm, wow. Waiting for your real life to begin. You know what you say? So Colin Hay is the singer of that song. We saw him yeah. in person once in uh, Portland. And that was, he's, he's incredible stage presence. Um, but uh, I realized when uh, I saw him, what, what, do you know what you say to him if you see him walking across the street? You say... Hey, hey. <laughs> I might just start singing the song if I saw him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, and it's a great message, you know. You're like, hey, Colin, my ship came in. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And that's he, I think he'd be happy to hear that because that's, I think he's the kind of guy that wants to inspire yeah. people to live that way. Yeah, yeah. Take the adversity as a challenge. Hmm. Not and drink. commit healing and commit, commit to living. That's really what I'm suggesting, Ken, is that we commit to living versus just managing. In my master's degree, I have a master's in counseling. One of the things that confronted me about the training that I received was we were really talking about, you know, being careful with people, which I agree with, but helping them manage their situation was a big emphasis. And I just want so much more for people than them surviving their way through their lives or yeah. managing their way through their heartbreaks or traumas or pain or whatever they've experienced or are experiencing. Yeah. Use it for more life. Yeah. You know, our, our subtitle to this show, to the Good Change podcast is uh, conversations about making a world of difference. And, and what you're describing to me uh, and the work that you're doing is making a world of difference with your own world. And then by extension, having the power, if you choose, to make a difference somewhere else in the world. Yeah. And why not live into service? Yeah. Our lives are so much bigger than we realize. And our impact and our gifts and talents are there because people need them. Yeah. How do we find you? You find me at RebeccaSilence.com and I spell Rebecca with an H. It's RebeccaSilence.com. Message me there. Find me on the Healing is Possible Facebook group. Feel free to join me. And if there's any way that I can serve you via courses or intensive coaching or in the community, let me know. 27 bucks. That seems like a pretty good deal. That's a that's like great a, place to start. Yeah, exactly. So uh, again, Thank you very much. You're an inspiration for me. You, you, you uh, kicked my butt uh, with three or four simple words many years ago. It's made a huge difference in my life and not just in my life. It's made a big difference in my kid's life. And I feel as though I've, as the result of being um, inspired by you to step up, that I've had some positive impact on community. 
I, I am super, super impressed with the work you're doing. I'm super impressed with anyone who has a, a calling to help make a world of difference. And you're doing it one person, one couple, one family at a time. And the world needs you and the world is glad you're here. Ken, thank you. You've been such an inspiration to my life as well and such a tremendous support. It's an honor to be here. Everybody, buy this book if you haven't yet. It's a treat. <laughs> thank you, Rebecca. I hope to talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. With every show, we ask our guests to share a video of them doing something fun one of their favorite songs, a few lines from a book they enjoyed, or a scene from a great movie. Something that matches their hopes, dreams, and good work. And then we give this to you. Because laughter and beauty soothes, heals, and changes us. You can find and unwrap this gift on any of our social media sites. Thank you for participating in this podcast. Until next time, keep an eye out for change. Good change. And join our movement at KenStreeter.com.